Welcome to Become. I am so excited that you're here. I'm Courtney Koenig, a multi-international human design, manifestation, and somatic coach. Really, I'm a healer at the very core. We're taking this healing journey together where you can create alignment because an in your alignment is your phenomenon. That is the beauty of what you're here to do because only you can do it. So oftentimes we have blind spots for ourselves and we don't recognize the amazing gifts that we have and the great things that we're doing. And I'm here um, showing you exactly how you can show up for yourself even more. And the more that you show up for you, the more that you're going to show up for your business, the more that your business and your career is going to be a source of peace and joy. And that's what we want, right? You have received this calling to step into this position that you're at, into this career that you're at, into the business that you're developing and you have, into this leader. And we're going to back up that calling with tools that are going to help you to have peace. So taking you out of self-sabotage, taking you out of burnout, taking you out of overwhelm, never feeling like you're doing enough um, on this roller coaster of emotions that comes with being an entrepreneur and having a career and two, feeling so tired that um, your business is and your career is running you instead of you running it and being in charge. So managing stresses, pivots, changes, all the things that happen while also um, being a woman who has a, a family or who has friends who wants to show up for those relationships um, as a whole human being. So the whole picture. So this is a healing journey. And as we step into um, all these topics that we address each week, um, I'm just so grateful to have you. Please um, leave a review, subscribe. I love having you in the world. And then always drop, um, drop a message to me. Love hearing from you. All right. Thanks so much for being a part of Become. Welcome to Become. I'm so excited that you're here today. We have an amazing guest on our episode today. And Becoming is all about becoming more us, really leaning into the power of our very being. And when I met Deborah, I was like, oh my goodness, I could tell right away that she's aligned herself with her power and embraced that so deeply all the sides of her. And it was just beautiful to watch. And I knew that we needed to have more of a conversation on how she's doing this with her human design and using these gifts to strengthen her and to take her um, beautiful um, perspective and business to all these other levels reaching across the world. So let me introduce you first. Deborah is a money mindset mentor. She's a spiritual coach and the creator of the anatomy of money system for holistic wealth and well-being. She has a PhD in comparative literature from Princeton. She has been teaching and practicing yoga and meditation for over 30 years, and she is the author of the best brain hacks, Turn on Your Tap, and the forthcoming Anatomy of Money, Your Inside Guide to True Wealth. Deborah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm so excited. I was so excited uh, to dive into your chart as a fellow projector. Um, I always feel like projectors, I'm like, let's do extra hugs because <laughs> we understand where we're coming from. <laughs> it's so great. It's so, so good. So thank you for being on the show. 
Thanks for having me. Super excited. So we'll get into, um, oh, before we get into your chart, I always like to ask our guests, um, what is a favorite show or book that you have been into lately? Oh gosh. Okay. A favorite book I have been into lately. I read one or two books a week. So one of the books that I just reread for the third time is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. It's all about creativity. And that's what we're going to talk about today because when we are walking as creator, creating our experience, the creation, which is the result of me creating my experience comes from me walking as creator. And it's all about how do we, how do we allow ourselves to step into our creatorship? How do we allow ourselves to fully lead with creativity, which means getting out of the way of, I don't know how to do it. It means getting out of the way of, I might make a mistake. And I know we're going to talk about this in my chart because I have an open spleen, which means that before I was integrated, before I was embodied, I was in fear, freak out, all the freaking time. I was in fight or flight all the time because of my conditioning. Everything scared me. Everything made me anxious. And when you're conditioned to run anxiety, you shut yourself down. And I will raise my hand to say that was me for the first 40, maybe 50 years of my life. And I recognize it now. It's not that that ever goes away because life will never stop running through you because life is running through you all the time and you're running through life all the time. So you got to get good with the idea that you're in the universe and the universe is in you and you're running through life and life is running through you and you're running through time and time is running through you. And there is this infinite toric field of creation playing with you. So big magic is about that. It's about the bigness of the magic that we're playing with, which is the infinite field. And it's also about this feeling of, I don't matter, right? There's a part of me that feels like I'm so insignificant because I'm pure spirit, I'm pure breath, I'm pure nothingness. And I'm okay with that. And the ego says, I don't matter. I suck. I'm a loser. Nobody likes me. Nothing I do makes a difference. And that's when we get taken out. And so, you know, she's such a beautiful writer and she's so eloquent at, you know, navigating between these poles of matter and not mattering. And that's what we're going to talk about because, you know, on the energetic level, energy is not matter. And at the same time, energy, when it's compressed and compressed and compressed and compressed is what we call matter. We think energy doesn't matter because we can't see it. And we don't realize how much our energy matters as humans, we're all in each other's fields and especially as projectors, because our field is shaped like an hourglass, right? So my field is in your field and your field is in my field and we're so interconnected. We never are not interconnected. So let's just start there. That's Big Magic is a book that I recommend um, everybody read who wants to feel more aliveness, more joy, more creativity, because it's who you are. That sounds amazing. Okay. That is going to the top of my list. I absolutely love that. Okay. So Deborah, tell me also, um, do you, well, I want to get to know you one more uh, with one more thing. Um, do you have a favorite place you love to travel to or a favorite destination that you want to go to? Another really hard question to answer. And I'm closing my eyes because my favorite destination is the infinite. It's it's a place I visit every day, multiple times a day. It's like 
right there, the minute I close my eyes, I'm space. And it just feels so amazing. So I travel there every day. Another one of my favorite destinations is the outdoor swimming pool. I travel there every day. I love to get in water. So this is probably different from the the kind of question that you might've been uh, thinking I was going to answer, which is where in the world do I like to go? Well, yes. uh, gosh, there are so many places. I love the Southwest. I love the desert. I love Sedona and Santa Fe. I get there uh, at least once a year. Um, And I love Europe. I spent many years living in Europe and I recently made a trip to Portugal and I remembered that I had forgotten how much I love to speak different languages. I'm sure there's something in my chart that I'm a projector. I speak 12 languages. And when I was in Europe, I was able to speak French and German and Spanish and Greek and English, you know, in a day, just because of the people that I would meet traveling. And I really love that. I love the diversity and the cultural richness that that, uh, exists in Europe. That is so beautiful. Okay. I have interviewed lots and lots of people and I've asked them that question of where their favorite location is. And I've never gotten like the universe, like, like inside of you, basically, that's what you're saying is you return to the goodness and to the well of energy within you on a daily, hourly timeline. And I, and not very many people do that, you know, um, they get so tossed and turned by stress and anxiety that, that they are like almost like this floating leaf, you know, being pushed by the winds to and fro and all the things and anchoring into being that tree, that root, that um, energy of the earth and coming from that place. That's it. Oh my gosh. We could just like stop here and be like that nugget alone is freaking amazing. That's it. And it's a 24 seven practice and Mm. truly, you know, we call it a practice because we're always refining. We're always remembering that we forgot. And how do I know that I forgot? Because I start feeling dysregulated. I start feeling anxious. I start feeling, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I screwed up or I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that. I start negating and discounting and and criticizing myself and my nervous system immediately responds. And because I live on the inside, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, because I live on the inside, I now recognize, oh, that's me reacting to my conditioning. So when I recognize me reacting to my conditioning, which will show up in my will and my heart, because I'm I'm, uh, I'm conditioned there, it's an open center, right? So I start to feel unworthy. That's my worthiness center. So the minute I start to feel unworthy, I know, oh, that's me responding to conditioning. Deborah, you know how to deal with that. The minute I go into fight or flight, I know because my body's telling me, my design is telling me, hey, Deborah, pay attention, go inside yes. and do some inner, inner house cleaning. So I'm, I'm super grateful um, for this simple and profound tool called human yes. design. Yeah. Well, in that inner house cleaning is such a good phrase. I was just did a post on that today, but I, I love that phrase of that. And um, so I'm teaching my, in my group coaching, it's called the velocity method that I, um, 
accredited and all the things. And that's one of the things that we do is like that inner housekeeping, but like, what's a systematized way of doing that? And like, how do we feel like when we really need to do that, but how do we keep that practice going every single day? So that becomes part of who we are. Um, and we embrace this higher being that's really in there, but sometimes it's like messed up by trash thoughts and like feelings that are not serving us. Yeah. I love that you said a systematized way. And that's, that's how the anatomy of money actually came to me and through me. And, you know, I do have a systematic way of investigating where is there a lot of energy gathering. And Mm -hmm. as I said, it, for me, um, it normally gathers, uh, in the undefined splenic center. When I'm in fight or flight, I know exactly what that feels like in my body. And I've also gotten really, really good at feeling where is that in others? Well, you know, one of the gifts and curses of being a projector is, is extreme sensitivity. And they like to label us highly sensitive people. And um, yes, we are. And yes, there is an amazing ability to hold the vibration of truth, of love and compassion and not be rocked by by an incoming wave. And, and so I think it's one of the gifts that we both have as projectors of, of being able to be in a steadfast relationship with source. And we can feel the wave coming in and we're not taken out by the wave. And when we're working with clients who are in their wave, we can again be really steady and reflect back to them a level of steadiness that's possible because riding the waves of emotion can feel really turbulent. You know, you said earlier, it's like a leaf on the surface of the water. And if we're like a leaf, Mm -hmm. we're being, you know, whipped about by the winds and by, you know, other people's projections and drama and trauma and their needs and their demands and their requests. And we can feel like we never can take a stand for ourselves. We can never stop because we're always going over here because this one has a need. And we're always going over here because that one has a need. And we're in a practice of self-abandonment when we do that. And yes. when we can stay steady, we're much better equipped to serve others because we're rooted. And I, uh, yeah. I do have a defined root and I wasn't always rooted. And I had to learn oh. how to be rooted because my crown is open which is one reason why it's super easy for me to just be in the infinite because I'm an open channel. I'm like a big satellite dish, but when we're not rooted, when we're like a big satellite dish, which so many spiritual entrepreneurs are, and my, my, my gut feeling is, you know, listeners are, you know, they're listening, right. You're a big satellite dish. There's so much information coming in so much information. We're being bombarded with information all the time. And I understand the way the brain works, which is, all this sensory information, which is just vibration, it's sound, it's smell, it's touch, it's the way they look at you. You then interpret the vibration. Is this safe for me or not? Do I need to deal with this immediately or not? And if you need to deal with it immediately, we're all wired for what's called negativity because it keeps us safe. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's life affirming. So all the sensory information is going to come in and it's going to pass through the filter known as your amygdala, Mm -hmm. which is going to, you know, check it out. Is, is this going to kill her or not? So yes. most of the stuff that used to kill us, saber tooth tigers and a fire in the cave where we were sleeping, stuff like that, uh, you know, isn't actually a threat to you. Most of the stuff that we're afraid mm-hmm. of nowadays is stuff 
that is a threat to your ego. Do they Mm -hmm. like me? Do they approve of me? Am I too much? Should I feel guilty for having all this money? Should I feel guilty for having all this free time? Uh, Should I feel guilty for loving my life? Should I feel guilty for not working? Should I feel guilty for inheriting a pile of money? Whatever it is, I work with people who have, you know, money stories all over the map. It doesn't matter. The inner conversation is the same. Do I deserve this? Am I worth it? Yes. Do I deserve this? Yes. Yes, it always is. And it comes from not someone else telling us that it comes from the self-discovery of yes, I am worth it. Yes, I am enough. Yes, this is what I do. Um, So I want to get, so in your chart as a projector, you have beautiful gifts. And I always like to start with a human design type to make sure that we're all on the same page and our listeners understand the power of their type. So you have the gift of efficiency. Oftentimes we think, well, projectors, because I need more rest or I need more sleep, that they're not efficient. The beauty thing, beautiful part of being a projector is that you're very efficient. You're not in the weeds trying to do 500 different things. You're actually taking the most important things and you're like, we're going to do this, this, and this, you know what? And then you nail it and you get it done. And people are like, wow, that was quick. You know, um, when I launched my first, um, human design program, I was telling my business besties about it. And I was like, I really feel like this is on my heart. And then I launched it and they're like, um, they're like, that was really fast. And I was like, well, I just knew like, I wasn't going to overcomplicate the whole thing. You know, I was like, we're going to do this and this and this, and this is gonna, how it's going to roll, you know? And so those are key factors to being successful is not to get in the weeds, to be unchained from that productivity hustle. Like I have to do 500 things to get this done. You know, um, have you seen this gift in your coaching practice as you, um, st- like in your expansion and all the experience that you've had? Yes. And I have also seen myself struggle with being in the weeds. Mm. I have seen myself trying to operate like a generator, trying to do everything myself, trying to do everything perfectly, trying to get it all done before I launch the thing. And all of that is head trash. All of that is head trash. You don't have to know everything in advance. You can build a plane while you're flying it. And this is something that I learned in my very first year of business, in my very first signature talk that I ever gave uh, Mm. that turned into um, you know, I went from zero to 180,000 in my first year. And here's how that happened. I wrote my first signature talk and I wrote it by the book. I had a template from a coach that I had worked with and I signed on to everybody's free talk and I listened to everybody's talk and I dissected everybody's talk and I organized, okay, first they say this and then they say this and then they say this and then they have three bullet points. And, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm going to like totally analyze this shit to death and I'm going to do it exactly like they're doing it which is me being my not self, by the way. Yes. And, um, and I wrote it all down and I iterated it and I sent it to my coach and we edited it. It was this perfect talk that I was going to give. Mm-hmm. And it was time for the talk. And there were 300 people registered and the motherboard of my laptop died. So I get on the call and I give the talk from my heart. I had to surrender. I had no option, Mm. but to allow whatever needed to download through me to download through me and for me not to edit and not to get in the way. And I delivered a talk and I offered my very first anatomy of money course. And so that was one example of like, I spent months, I spent seven months 
pretty much making excuses for why I wasn't ready. And then when it was time to give the talk, you know, all of that preparedness went out the window. And again, you know, I just allowed whatever wanted to flow through to flow through. I trusted my voice. I trusted that I know what I know. I trusted that whatever was going to come through was exactly what needed to come through in that moment. And it did. It was perfect. Another experience of that, um, when I did my first live launch, which was a, a, an online offering. And I had never sold from online before. And, you know, this was during the pandemic when we were all going online and selling from online. And I didn't know how to do that. I know that I'm great in a room. I know that my energy is magnetic. It's powerful. It's attractive. It's warm. It's charismatic. And I know I'm really great in person, but I felt kind of wooden and, and awkward online. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the first time I had to make a video, I actually had a migraine and I threw up for three days because I was so traumatized by being seen. So I'm sure there's something in my chart about wanting to hide, wanting to be invisible. And I know that like projectors in general, like we just just want to be in the dark. We need that time. Yeah. So anyway, um, I, I, you know, prepared this whole thing and it was nine days of content and I was going to open cart on day four. And I had offered three days of incredible content. There were like a thousand Mm -hmm. comments per video. People were super engaged. And it was the day that I was supposed to open the cart and we were going to start at 10 o'clock and it's 9.58 and I can't find my notes. And I'm looking everywhere for my notes and I can't find them. And finally at 9.59, I'm like, I can't be late. You know, I honor time. I honor the time of these people. So I just got online without my notes and I made the offer again with nothing but heart. And that was my first six figure online launch. I think that launch brought in about 160 K in sales in that launch. So that was another example of, you know, how I learned that all this preparedness, all this thinking that I need to prepare in advance is a load of crap. Yes, completely. And it gets in the way of flow and it gets in the way of the heart, you know, like, just being able to feel into the words and have power into their words makes all the difference. And because one of your defined centers is the throat, you Mm. have this gift of communication and of Mm. speaking and um, with it being attached to your, um, like your G center, your direction, your love, you know, like it's coming, it's going to come from that place. But when we stifle those gifts and when we put barriers in front of it, because we think we have to do it this way or, or we'll be better delivered. It's, it doesn't come across as, um, as authentic and as experienced with people. So like your, um, the beautiful nature that you are with your defined emotional center, your solar plexus, people want to see that they want to feel that and all in business, no matter if it's corporate or if it's, um, you know, entrepreneurs, they need to feel emotional connection. And that's how know, like, and trust is built through emotion. So when we stifle that, I am, and as projectors, sometimes we love to be seen and sometimes we don't, you know? And so that kind of don't like, um, you know, don't speak or don't, or stand tall in our gifts, um, creates this trash thoughts that like, oh, well, maybe I, if I prepare more, I'll be better, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. They're already better. Yeah. If I prepare more, I can't make a mistake. If I prepare more, it'll be perfect. And yeah, like I totally had to jettison that idea of perfection and Mm -hmm. recognize that 
I am already perfect, you know, as I am in this moment. And is there more perfecting? Absolutely. Is there more perfection? Absolutely. And each thing is perfect in the moment that it is. Mm -hmm. How do I know this? Because the law of creation includes the rising, you know, visualize a little tulip bulb or a little crocus that's just starting to come up. So there's this initial, you know, swell of energy and then it blooms, right? And it's perfect when you see a little crocus. I don't know about yes. you, but I live in Colorado. And so when it starts to become a little warmer and the snow melts and then the crocuses start I'm like, oh, it's a crocus. Oh, it's so perfect. It's a crocus. And then it blooms open. I'm like, oh, look how perfect. It's a crocus. It's it's blooming. Look how perfect. And then the petals fall on the ground and they're all these petals. Oh, look how beautiful. It looks like a wedding, you know, with like we have rose bushes all around our property. And, oh. and after they bloom, like, oh, the sidewalk is covered with this beautiful fuchsia and pink and red, and it's all perfect. And the creative process includes that beginning of bud and the flowering. And it also includes the letting go. And this was a real right. hard one for me to learn that I had to include the letting go. And so, you know, I had these couple of examples I shared with you where I, I couldn't find my notes or the motherboard died. It turned out, you know, when I couldn't find my notes, guess where I had put all my notes? In the trash. My unconscious oh. had actually said, Deborah, you don't need this. And I threw it in the trash. And then I, I found it when I was mm -hmm. emptying the trash a couple of days later. I'm like, oh, how funny is that? That your subconscious is actually telling you what you need to know, which is yes. prepare on the inside. You know, all that preparation, all that writing stuff down wasn't actually about the words on the surface that I was writing down. It wasn't about mm -hmm. the leaf floating on the surface of the lake. It was about the feeling in the body that yes. people want. And I'm but, yeah. here to translate that. And it's a really challenging thing to translate because a feeling mm -hmm. is beyond words. It's before yeah. words. It's yes. a vibrational, unconditioned, infinite potential of what's possible. And from a neurological yeah. perspective, a feeling of an emotion will move through you in about 90 seconds. The chemistry of it will move through you. Mm. And if you can just hold steady, be steady, allow the energy to move. And then it's done. You know, I sometimes yeah. visualize myself. I'm a diver. And I sometimes oh. visualize that moment of when you jump in and there's a lot of turbulence on the surface and you put in your regulator. I've never thought about the connection until this moment, oh. but I visualize that I'm putting in my regulator and I'm dropping to the bottom of the ocean. And that's a oh. way that I self-regulate. I drop into stillness at the bottom of the ocean and I can look up and I can see the turbulence and that can be there and it's beautiful. And yes. I'm still calm, quiet at the bottom of the ocean. And that's one of the ways that I've learned to self-regulate when I'm in fight or flight. I recognize yeah. there's turbulence that's moving through me. There's energy that's moving mm -hmm. through me. What was the thought? What was the belief? What was the feeling? What's the trauma that I experienced that wants my attention? 
and I yes. just hold it like a little baby and I rock it. I hold it like you're holding your, your baby dog on your lap. And I hold it with such softness and gentleness. And mm. I just love it. I just comfort it and I let it be. And then it will move on through. Yes. And I think sometimes when, well, I know when we try and push it away or we try and numb or we try and to um, break free of it without recognizing it. Yeah. Just like you said, without holding on to it, there are lessons to be learned in that moment. And if we escape that moment without those lessons learned and without that shared experience between that trauma, that trial, that test, that character flaw, that like hard time, um, it's going to keep coming back around and around yeah. and around. And yeah. then it doesn't stop. And if it's a personal thing, it doesn't stop at personal. It goes into our businesses. Totally. Or if it's a business thing, it doesn't stop there. It comes into our personal life. So totally. it is, is just like, Hey, uh, you gotta listen, pay attention, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I love like all your defined centers and you have such a unique blend of defined centers for a projector. I love this. You have the Ajna, which is ideas. You have the throat, which is communication and speaking the G center direction and love your solar plexus, emotions, your root as this driving force. Now, um, you qualify as an energy projector. Now I've gotten this a lot where, um, my clients are like, I don't feel like a projector. I actually feel like I have a lot more of energy. I run like a generator. I, you know, crush it and <laughs> that type of thing. I'm hitting these goals. Um, they don't recognize that there's this other kind of driving force that's taking forth in them, which is great, but also energy projectors will get burnout as quicker because they're not listening to these ebbs and flows of energy. They're not slowing down. Um, they don't have this natural sacral energy, which is like the energizer bunny energy it can go, go, go all the time. They have to honor their bodies and listen to their bodies. And it's so interesting to me that with clients all over the world, I find this over and over again that they're, that women are like, oh yeah, I guess I should have listened to that message in my body. I just plowed through it. I thought it would be okay. And it's not, you know? So how do you balance all of this being in this space? I love, I love that you're bringing this right to the forefront because I used to crash and burn a lot. And mm -hmm. that rhythm of crash and burn, crash and burn, crash and burn yeah. was showing up in my money you know, I would, I would have a lot of money and then I wouldn't have any, and I would have a lot and I wouldn't have any. And I just went, you know, from paycheck to paycheck where I would be on a high. And then I would feel like I fell through the ice and I was the biggest loser on the planet. Mm -hmm. And the way that it um, shifted for me was incredible. Mm -hmm. And it was that I had decided I can't support myself as a filmmaker it doesn't, it doesn't work. I I'm tired of being living paycheck to paycheck. And I feel like I fell through the ice and I'm drowning and I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt and I don't get any respect and I don't have significant income on a regular basis. And this is just too hard. And mm -hmm. what's wrong with me? I have a PhD from this fancy university. What is wrong with me? Why can't I make any money? Why, why am I struggling so much? So yeah. I better go to medical school and become a real doctor. I thought I'm not a real doctor, a PhD. That's not a real doctor. In fact, people said, take that thing off your resume. You're intimidating. And I thought, okay. I don't want to be intimidating. Now, what kind of a yeah. BS 
suggestion is that, that I'm responsible for how people react to me, but I didn't realize that. So I did take my PhD off and then I felt really bad about myself because I worked really hard to do it. And I was really proud of it. And I had an amazing dissertation advisor, Robert Fagels, who's the translator of the Odyssey and everything that we're talking about is like the personal Odyssey. So anyway, I took my PhD off my resume and I decided I'm going to go to medical school and on the way to medical school, because all of my training is in you know, meditation and yoga and my PhDs in comparative literature. I like to read books. I'd like to travel around the world, you know, because I studied comparative literature. That's how I learned to speak 12 languages. You know, like I didn't have a science bone in my body. So I had to do the post-baccalaureate pre-medical training. I had to go back to school as a 40-year-old and hang out with all these 20-year-olds studying anatomy and physiology and biology and organic chemistry and all that stuff. Uh And I was working in the anatomy lab and the universe is a joker. She has a a, a funny and often very sharp sense of humor. And so what happened in my case was I was $100,000 in debt. I was working in the anatomy lab. I had given up filmmaking because I was so committed to going to medical school and being a real doctor. And my dad dad dropped dead of a heart attack. He was looking at the news and he fell off his chair and he was dead. The next day- this was in 2013. The next day after my dad died of a massive heart attack, I had to go into the anatomy lab and I was working in the anatomy lab at the time. And I was responsible for dissecting a human heart. And I remember going into the anatomy lab and first I wrote to my boss and I'm like, I can't, my dad just died. I can't. And she said, it's totally fine. Take all the time you need. And I sat down on my meditation cushion and what came through was Mm -hmm. you need to see this you need to understand this at the cellular, cellular level, go into the anatomy lab and hold a heart in your hands. And that's what I did. I went into the anatomy lab, I dissected a human heart, and it turned out that the cadaver's heart, the man who had died, had also died of a massive coronary, just like my dad. And you can see it in the heart because the heart, a healthy heart, the the top atria, they fill and they empty, they fill and they empty, they fill and they empty. And there's this coordinated movement where the blood is circulating throughout the body, where the oxygen is circulating throughout the body. In a massive coronary, it's all chaotic. And you see this, one side Mm -hmm. is full, one side is empty. And I was holding the heart in my hands and it was like my crown chakra opened and the entire universe rushed in. And I got the message that I had been running my business completely counter to the laws of nature, completely counter Mm. to my design, completely counter to physics and biology, where I had been overgiving. I had not been charging. I'd been pulling all-nighters for pro bono clients. I, I was just like giving away, giving away, giving away, giving away, giving away. And I wasn't allowing myself to receive. And it was this profound awakening that nature doesn't produce 24 seven. So this ties into this idea of efficiency. You know, when we try to produce, we try to be on 24 seven, that's when you burn out. That's when you die. That's what killed my dad. And I realized that I was cruising down the same road, drafting on my dad. And that was going to be me if I didn't honor the laws of nature. And I remember walking out of the anatomy lab that day, looking at the trees and it was this beautiful October day and the sky was cobalt, this deep blue that we get in Colorado and the leaves were gold because the aspens were changing. And I remember just looking at the trees and, and praying, imploring, beseeching them. How do you do this? 
how do you transform in a way that's so beautiful and so majestic mm-hmm. and so awe-inspiring? How do you just let go with such grace? Oh. And the tree said, watch us. And I took that to heart. And I sat on my meditation cushion for the next six months. And I made a commitment. I'm not going to produce 24-7. I'm not going to do that because that is counter to the laws of nature. It is. Six months passed and the first crocus came up. And I had that awe of, wow, how perfect a crocus. And, you know, then the phone rang and it was a previous client who came back, who didn't even know that I had gone AWOL for a while, you know, (laughs) a previous previous client who was like, Hey, we have this project. It's a $50,000 project. Can you help us out? And I was like, yeah, I can help you with that. And all I had done was shift on the inside. So that's a long answer to what did I learn about managing my own energy and efficiency Mm -hmm. and what does burnout feel like? You know, I actually had to get really, really, really close to death Ah, in order to understand. Yeah. And really be on the side of advocating for yourself Mm-hmm. that where you were felt worse than where you needed to go. And that is at the very basic part of when humans start to shift. They're like, okay, this, this is time. This is, I'm not going to do this anymore. I can see where this is going and this is not where I want to go. And, and allow, I think one other unpacking as we talk about this is that everything has seasons. Everything has seasons. I mean, like nature is the perfect example. Exactly. Like a tree has their time where they're getting all the leaves. Um, they have their time where they're shining, you know, and they're having a good time. And then the winter comes and they go dormant, but it's their beauty is still remains solid. And that's the key part is like each season they're beautiful in, and they're honoring their needs because when they come back, the trees always bloom brighter. They always right. are stronger and they always are, and they've grown much more. And so in the honoring, there is growth in the honoring. There is new levels to be reached. And, um, we do that the best when we advocate for ourselves, when we honor ourselves, because no one else is going to do that, but ourselves. And that's our responsibility is to honor our body, to listen to those messages be okay with ebbs and flows and know that manifesting doesn't stop. It doesn't stop because we're in a, a nurturing cycle. It keeps going just like what you said. You know what? It is has no starts and stops. The only thing that stops it is us. Exactly. Beautifully yeah. said. Yeah. Everything um, is growth. Everything is growth. Exactly. Exactly. Now, um, speaking of manifesting on your chart, how you manifest more and how you manifest best is using your strongest sense, which is outer vision. So your outer vision is this um, sense where you see things and then it creates this um, story within, it creates this magic within yourself to see. But when you, um, we talk about vision boards a lot in business, We talk about having a nice office space, you know, where you feel into it, but all those things register in your outer sense. 
and pull in what you're manifesting more. So as you manifest more and more, you connect that um, outer vision with exactly what you want to see, exactly how it comes into you as a feeling and it registers and it connects with you even more. So I have um, outer vision as well. And so um, with this last launch, I just, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a a vision board. I'm going to put it on my phone. I'm going to not only see it, but I'm going to feel it. And that's the difference. That's where we need to take it to the next level. And I totally, I hit my five figures with this launch without trying more, without like being, you know, like freaking out and stuff like that. And I had this huge personal situation that came up, but I did not allow that personal situation to it was stressful and it was anxiety provoking. That is for sure. Um, and it's not something I wish on anyone, but I didn't allow those feelings to like shift my vision and to shift my identity. I was like, this is who I am. I know this is happening. It's not, it's not in my control. Um, I still will hold on to the vision of the feelings I had of this beautiful community that I'm building and the lovely women that need to hear the words um, that I have felt resonate on my soul, but it all was triggered and made more possible by this outer vision. So have you noticed any of that or have you like leaned into that at all? Yes. So many ways, you know, what comes through is, uh, an expression that I heard from Mary Morrissey, which is hold the vision, not the circumstances, mm. hold the vision, not the circumstances. Cause the circumstances are there to rock you, to test you, to see how committed are you to your vision. And when you just, you know, stay committed to your vision, all that other stuff can be there and you can choose to not react to it. And you just keep on doing whatever it is that you see. So, um, I love that my strongest sense is my outer vision as a filmmaker. I honed these skills, uh, and I didn't know why I gravitated to being a filmmaker, but as a filmmaker, you choose where you're going to put the camera, what lens is on the camera. If it's going to be a close up, if it's a tracking shot, if it's a drone shot, you see everything at once. And this has come into my business, um, as, as part of my coaching expertise, because I'm able to perceive all the perspectives at once. It's very Picasso like, and when you change the lens, different things come into focus. When it's a tracking shot, different things come into focus. You can apply rewind and dissolving in different filters. And you can Mm. edit out certain bits and bring them to the front of the story, or you can decide, oh, that part actually doesn't move my narrative forward. I'm going to cut that part out. And so, you know, it was just a very natural transition for me from filmmaking to mindset coaching, because mindset coaching is like you said, it's all about vision and narrative. And I didn't realize, Mm -hmm. I mean, now you're pointing this out that in my chart, my strongest sense is vision. And because I have a divine throat and my Ajna and my throat, my G center are all connected, the vision and the narrative, you know, are tracking together all the time. And so that's, that's a beautiful affirmation that I've been living my design. I didn't know it. Now I do. Uh, here's a, here's an experience that I had in my very first year of business. So I shared that I was a hundred thousand dollars in debt and I was so ashamed about it. I Mm -hmm. thought people like me shouldn't have debt. I should be smarter than that. I should know better. I'm stupid. I'm an ignorant Mm -hmm. fool. I made stupid decisions. You know, like I was pretty good at lambasting myself for what an idiot I was. And so I signed up for a neuro gym for, for the brainathon, which is something that John Asraf, um, puts on multiple times a year. And I didn't want my husband to know. So I signed up for it free. Um, uh, I signed up for it on the slide, 
I put it on a credit card. Mm-hmm. He didn't know about it. And I felt this, this guilt and this shame that I'm hiding something from him, but I felt like I need to clean up my mindset and then I'll tell him. So I started, you know, doing neurogym really consistently and retraining my brain using these binaural programs and Mm -hmm. things started to shift. And then I hired a business coach and things started to shift. And I was using my meditation practice and I was using neurogym and I was getting some business coaching and things started to shift. And then I decided I want to be an expert who's brought in to neurogym. I'm going to sit there on the couch with John Asraf and I'm going to be one of his, you know, poster children. So I created a bit a vision board that has me and John Asraf and it has a little thought bubble coming out of uh, John's head, John's mouth. And it says, welcome to neurogym, Deborah, or welcome to the brainathon, Deborah. I'll, Uh I'll see if I can find it and I'll show it to you. Oh yes. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I also had on there, um, 2 million. I also had six pack abs, which I now have. I also had painting. Um, I had like a little paint palette with paints on it and I'm now uh, painting. um, And it's like a side thing that I do that I really love. So, you know, people who follow me on Facebook and Instagram will see my paintings because I share them from time to time. So I think painting was on there. 2 million was on there. Being on Neurogym with John Asraf was on there and uh, being on the Brainathon. I mean, with John was on there and uh, six pack abs. So I made this vision board, I think in April, maybe no August. I did it in August. I looked at that thing every morning and then there was this announcement. Do you want to be on the brainathon with John? So I sent this thing. I sent a, a, you know, like an email, I made a little video and then I got a phone call. Hey, it's John. I want you to come be on the brainathon with me. So like that came true really quickly. And I was on the brainathon with John in November. I think I made the vision board in August. I was on the brainathon with him in November. Then Um, There was a painting teacher uh, that I really wanted to study with. Her practice was full um, or her her classes were full. So I reached out to her and I said, I really want to paint with you. I've never painted before. I'm a brand new beginner. And a spot opened up in January. So now I've been painting with the same painting teacher for seven years, six years. Um, And I now go on painting retreats with her. I'm about to go on my third painting retreat with her this year. Uh, so, you know, those are some examples and same with the abs, you know, I went from flab to ab. Why? Because I made a decision because I was just like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm doing. And I had to get to a place of, you know, do I like the flab or would I rather have the six pack? And I'd rather have the six pack, you know, like it's my choice. Yeah. It's completely your choice. And I love that you harness even before knowing that you could feel those like that kind of tell within your body, like, Hey, lean to this. I just think that's so fascinating that you stepped into, um, filming and, you know, like, um, on that angle of like creating this story from a visual. That's so fascinating. Yeah. One of my dream jobs that I wish I would have gone into now knowing what my design is, is, um, like interior design and spaces. I love the creativity of taking a space. That's like, blah disgusting and like making it bright and and hugging people and hugging me and having the good vibes and energies and stuff um I so wish like I had found human design like in my 20s but you know that's all right never too late <laughs> never too yeah. late oh my yeah. goodness I, yeah um Deborah we get like there's so many other layers of their chart but I felt like this is the conversation we needed to have for us for the audience it just is so beautiful and I would love them to be able to connect with you. There are so many people. I just had a conversation with one of my business bestie friends and she's a projector and she's like, I need help getting over this money mindset thing, you know? And so you bring such 
um, a powerful viewpoint to the world. So where can people connect with you? So how people can connect with me, thank you so much for asking. I have a free Facebook group that's called the Anatomy of Money Academy, and I'm in there once or twice a week live, and I'm always sharing ways to upgrade your money mindset, to elevate your wealth consciousness, and to really identify and release some of the head trash that is dragging you down, whether it's in your, your body or your relationship or your health or your business, you know, part of the growth process requires us to release the stuff that we're complete with. And it doesn't mean to push it aside and and shame it and blame it and be mad at it. It's really a process of identifying, wow, this level of growth, this stage of growth was super beneficial and I'm complete with that. So I need to drop it just like the leaves fall off the tree in the fall. And then there's going to be compost. There's going to be you know a time period of compost of what seems like winter. And then I'm going to come back even stronger, even taller, even more rooted. So all that good stuff is in the free Anatomy of Money Academy. I also have a free download available that is a book I wrote called Turn on Your Tap. And this is an introduction to EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique tapping, and how you can use that to literally change your brain, to literally rewire negative beliefs to positive ones, to go from a state of anxiety to calm and lightness. That's available. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, I love that. And we'll have all these links in the show notes as well so that people can just click on there. And again, Deborah, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for sharing your beautiful experiences, for leaning into your projectorness, all parts of it, whether we sometimes like it and sometimes don't, you know, type of thing. So thank you again for being on the show. Thanks and so listeners, much. thank you. Oh, listeners, thank you so much for being on today. Please um, take a screenshot of this, put this in your stories. Tag Deborah and I, and we'll shout you out as well. We appreciate you guys being on. Um, embrace your power. Thank you for being a part of this episode. Do you want to know all the things about your human design chart? I get that question all the time. Grab your iridescent human design reading. It's a private podcast, human design reading. Each episode dives into a part of your chart and it's about 30 episodes with my eyes on your chart and then giving you an iridescent action step because it's one thing to know about your human design. It's one thing to know how you operate, what are your gifts, but it's a next level to do something about it. So thank you again for being part of this episode. Screenshot this episode, throw it in your stories and tag me and I'll shout you out as well. Send me a message on Instagram. I love connecting with the viewers and listeners. Um, make sure you subscribe to the episodes and I would love it if you can leave a review. I love hearing from you and connecting with you. Check out the show notes for all things of this episode and more ways we can connect and work together. Let's rise to thrive. <laughs>